in communities through grants and scholarships on the web at maincf.org. It's 9.59 and you are tuned to WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor and streaming online at WERU.org. Talk of the Towns with your host Ron Beard is up next. Good morning and welcome to Talk of the Towns here on WERU. We try to go beyond the headlines to make sense of the issues facing Maine communities, to share what works, to seek alternative solutions. Talk of the Towns is produced with support from Cooperative Extension, the major educational outreach program of the University of Maine with offices statewide. Cooperative Extension puts knowledge to work with the people of Maine and like WERU, whose mission is to be a voice of many voices, operates out of a sense that everyone benefits when we share our knowledge, our experience, our concerns, and our perspectives. We're about to practice the magic of community radio in which those of us in the studio and you who are listening create a dialogue that we hope will be of benefit to our friends, our neighbors, and colleagues. I hope you'll stay with us for the next hour and talk of the towns. This morning, we'll be talking about food security. In Maine, about 15% of our people worry consistently about having enough income to pay for food or otherwise provide food for their families. Communities and food pantries are responding to the immediate situation, but their resources are stretched. And this morning, we'll talk about a, uh, we'll learn about a broad coalition at work to support food pantries, including a, a countywide food drive. And I'm really happy to welcome some guests to our studio. Sarah Yasner is with United Way of Eastern Maine. Welcome to you, Sarah. Good morning, thank you. And uh, Susan Farley is with the Washington Hancock Community Aging. Welcome to you, Susan. Good morning. Good. So um, perhaps a little bit about uh, background about your individual organizations and and how you're coming to the issue of, of food security, and then we'll find out a little bit more about what food security means. So Sarah, tell us a little bit about United Way of Bangor, sure. Eastern Maine. Thank you. Yes, United Way of Eastern Maine, we're located in Bangor, but we have a five-county coverage area, which is Penobscot, Piscataquis, Waldo, Washington, and Hancock counties. And what some people don't realize is that United Way really focuses in those five counties, and what we raise stays in those counties. Uh, we have a board of directors that is representative of those counties and of the different areas, and they um, help to make the funding decisions as well as help, us, help guide us in our work. Uh, we also um, focus on not only funding programs, but do a number of different initiatives around um, outcomes we want to see. So one of our focuses is food security. And we do a number of things in the community, one of which is being a partner with the um, Hancock County Wide Food Drive that we're going to talk about today. And we do a number of other initiatives around um, making sure that there is food security. Great. And Susan, tell us a little bit about Washington Hancock Community Agency. I understand that's one of the so-called community action programs that came out of really um, a long time ago, Lyndon Johnson's War on Poverty. We haven't done a very good job if that was a war. <laughs> it's, a, it's a long <laughs> We're war. We're still fighting the battle. Right. <laughs> well, the Washington Hancock Community Agency is just that, a community agency. And we're on the forefront doing everything from heating assistance and housing assistance and weatherization and trying to help people stay safe in their homes, doing a lot of innovative things, looking at programs for the aging population here in Hancock and Washington counties. We do serve both counties. We do transportation. You know, I'm a family assistance advocate, so I handle the crisis calls that come in. I think people probably do know us best for the heating assistance program, and that's something that a lot of folks around here rely on, rely mm -hmm. on it very heavily. And there's a real um, connection between 
um, heating security and food security. Absolutely, right. because this year we had huge cuts to the heating assistance program. We went from $55 million in the state of Maine down to 22. They gave us back some. We went up to 38. But that still left a huge gap in there. And with the price of fuel being what it is, it's higher this year than it has been in several years. And, um, it, you know, if we'd had a cold winter, it would have been a tsunami for us. But, you know, we've we've managed to eke through. We've done a lot of fundraising for our emergency fuel assistance program. The THAW program is called the Heating and Warmth program. That was something we instituted ourselves. And this year became almost a full-time job trying to keep money in that fund so that we could help people that maybe fell through the cracks or ran out of fuel or, you know, the average benefit went initially from about $800 down to $300. And that wasn't even 100 gallons of fuel. Right. Most vendors don't deliver less than 100 gallons. So people found themselves in the position of needing to choose maybe between buying food or heating their homes. And in some cases, there were folks choosing between buying medications or paying their rent. You know, it, 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 one thing definitely is connected to the other. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're struggling with one, you're probably struggling with more than one. Mm -hmm. And Sarah, um, you've been working in this area. Can you help us with a definition of food security? What, what do we mean by food security? Is that different than hunger? Well, I think it's an interesting term, and there's some people who, who really get um, confused and kind of caught up with that. What is that meaning? And, and really, when we talk about it, we really talk about hunger. We're really talking about a family or an individual's ability to procure food when they need it. And that might be that they have the money to pay for it, and that also might mean that they have access to a food pantry, and that food pantry is actually stocked with food. So it really is about making sure that people securely can get to their food, meaning it's out there, they can get to it, they have transportation to it, they have the money to pay for it, there's food in the food pantry, and that's really what we mean. Mm. And is this part of Maine more subject to um, this issue than, than other parts of Maine? I think the whole state, mm. you know, has an issue with it because we're at the end of the transportation network, and Washington County in particular has struggles even more than Hancock County does. I know that because I work with both counties. Mm. But Hancock County is at the end of the, the distribution line. Mm -hmm. And I think we do have issues here surrounding transportation and trying to get the food here. And it costs more to ship it to the, right. this part of the state. So uh, we pay higher prices in a lot of cases for some food. Yeah. And I know it's harder for the pantries because they have to pay more to get the food. And when co extra commodities are available, it's so far to go to some of the places where they can access that food, like a Good Shepherd warehouse in southern Maine. You know, it's great that they have that opportunity. But if if you're in Washington County or Hancock County, that's a long way to go to go get that food. So let's talk a little bit about how communities have organized to deal with this issue. Um, this issue is not a, a recent issue, but I think some of the communities are getting more sophisticated in how they deal with that. Um, food pantries um, being one, and those who supply food pantries. And uh, Susan, you, you've got um, one of those sources of, of, of food. That's the commodity program. Would you describe that program and how it works and how we get food from there to food pantries? Well, the USDA commodities program gives us the excess food that maybe they've secured from around the country. There's mm -hmm. an excess supply of it. They let us know what it is. We call the food pantries, and then they have a distribution. They tell us how much of each thing they want to get. We go to Wyman's in, in Cherryfield and do a big distribution, and uh, all the food pantries come to us, and they, they get what their orders. But it's, it's a sophisticated and complicated system trying to get everything organized, and you really do need a, a central location kind of to be able to do that. And even that's hard when you're trying to talk about 
food pantries that are so scattered all over the counties. Right. So um, the, the food commodities, what kinds of foods are we talking about? Those oh, are well, sometimes it's canned food, mostly canned okay. food, you know, yep. things like soups or canned vegetables, that sort of thing. Occasionally we get lucky and get chicken. We had a lot of chicken last, spr- last fall. Um, but meat, meat is a harder thing for the food pantries to get, and I think all the pantries will tell you that. Getting it, no matter how they're getting it, that's a more difficult thing for them, more expensive item for them. They all have difficulty getting those kinds of things. But there are the canned items that they need every day, and that's the kind of stuff that they ha- are also having trouble right now. Right. And we'll, we hope we can talk with um, Jim Tintle um, from the Loaves and Fishes Food Pantry. In a little while, he'll talk a little bit about a, how a local food pantry is organized. But y- both of you have been working in it with a network of food pantries. Why don't you describe um, what that network consists of and, and how, how it works? Sure. Um, I've been participating. United Way has been working with this group for probably about almost four years now, and it was basically a group of pantries that came together with Cooperative Extension to talk about um, sharing resources, to talk about shared challenges, um, to figure out if there was a way to really um, increase what they can provide through working together. And it was a quarterly meeting, and we worked together on on a bunch of different issues, but it was really a chance to network and to make Mm -hmm. sure that um, the pantries had what they need. Well, in the last year, and Susan will talk more about it, um, there's been some very unique food drives that have happened. And last year, Washington County pulled together a countywide food drive. Um, And it was um, very successful. And again, Susan will talk more about that. At the same time, in Penobscot County, United Way coordinates something called the Pantry Project, which is we provide um, shelves to different businesses. And for a month, they host a drive. And um, for example, last year, we had about um, 35 sites. And um, they they all raise food. And, And an example, too, is Hollywood slots not only raise food, but they actually brought in an artist to build something out of tuna cans. And so it was <laughs> thousands and thousands of pounds of food that then in Penobscot County, all that food went to Good Shepherd. And then with no charge to anybody, Good Shepherd distributed to the food pantries. So the Hancock County group started talking um, this summer, really, and said, we really need to do something. We know a lot of the pantries, especially in the winter, are, are finding themselves really low on food. And that's when most people really need it. In the summertime, people are able to have some more jobs. They garden. They do other things. But come winter, it's really challenging, especially to pay the oil bill as well. So we started talking, and and Susan brought in the Washington Food Drive. That was the county. And I talked about the Pantry Project. And what emerged was a phenomenal collaboration that really was a, a kind of a combination of both. But we knew that we wanted to capitalize on the idea of taking one month and getting as many people on board at one time. We knew that if we did it in March, the pantries would really get stocked. It would help them for April. It would put them in good shape. And um, it, it would just be a great way for them to refill their shelves after really just mm-hmm. depleting it in the winter. So it's been a phenomenal collaboration. Um, so you've been working with this particular group. Um, I would imagine before the group formed, each food pantry was pretty much on their own. Everybody did their own thing. They right. all had their own fundraisers and everything. But the one thing they all had in common when we were coming to these meetings, they were all saying, we saw numbers over the summer like we typically see in the winter. And then as winter started approaching, they, the numbers just kept increasing. Some mm. of them are telling me now they're seeing as much as a 30% increase in people coming to the pantries. And I know a couple of the pantries have even told me that people who used to donate to their pantries are now coming there for assistance. Mm. Mm. So it's been a really hard struggle for them to keep up with that demand. You know, And this, this food drive was a way to bring everybody together, give us a common goal. 
the businesses are just jumping on, you know, mm-hmm. and it's really we're, heartwarming we're come, to see that. come back to that um, um, in, in a moment because we want to really help people understand how they can participate. But um, tell us a little bit more about the, the, the network um, or how food pantries were struggling um, with their own, with their own um, kinds of uh, food drives. Um, I, I would imagine that each community, um, they probably range from places in Deer Isle to places um, closer to the Washington County border. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about what, who, who makes up the network, if you can remember some of the other participants besides Jim and, and Loaves and Fishes. There's What's for Supper in Mariahville. Mm-hmm. There's Loaves and Fishes in Ellsworth. There's the Amea Center. We have Tree of Life Food Pantry in Blue Hill. I'm trying to remember some of there's the ones. A, there's a Bar Harbor Pantry, and there's also now a meal site developing in Bar Harbor, and we have a board member from that group who's part of the group. Mm-hmm. And we have, uh, there's a food pantry in Goolsboro, too, which I'm trying to, Tree of Life, that's yeah. the one, Tree of Life. No, that's Blue Hill. Yeah, uh, that's in Goolsboro. Goolsboro, okay. Yeah. So yeah. we have them from one end of the county to the other, and, and that's the Island Food well. Pantry, Community Concerns yep. Food Pantry in, yep. in Bucksport. Mm-hmm. We have them all over. So this, is, this kind of represents uh, a recognition at every community level that people are hungry. Absolutely. And that we need to do something. So each of these, I imagine, um, started because a small group of people said, we've got to do something. They may have been associated with a church or a social organization of some sort, and they said, let's, let's figure that out. Yeah. And I think if you talk to them, that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they saw the need in their own communities and put these food pantries together, whether it was a church or a group mm-hmm. of in, a group of organizations or whatever it might have been that started these. And, you know, they all have long histories and they're all doing a great job, but it's always a struggle, especially if you're a small food pantry to try mm-hmm. to do a drive or to try to raise funds. It's just been tougher and tougher. And this year, especially because the economy has been bad right. and donations are down. So right. they've all had a, a hard time on their own. So in addition to the food commodity program, which USDA, the, the federal government, um, supports, um, Good Shepherd plays in. Tell us a little bit about Good Shepherd and how they kind of fit into this picture. Good Shepherd is a food bank, and what that means is that their their main role is to try to identify food at, at low cost and then make it um, distribute it, transport it to the different food pantries, or at least to the different areas of the state. Mm. Um, they do have their um, location down in southern Maine, their large warehouse. They also have a warehouse in Brewer, Maine, um, and they do drop-offs in further parts of the county, whether it's a Roostick or Washington or Hancock, when there are orders. And the way that really works, um, the challenge they have faced is that generally what they used to get is they used to do two things. They would purchase product at wholesale prices. So Hannaford's and other grocery stores would make their product available at a wholesale rate, and then they could basically pass that along, that rate, to the food pantries. So the food pantries are spending money. It's not free. They have to reimburse it, plus the transportation, which, as Susan mentioned, is extremely expensive. So, And Good, Good Shepherd also does a lot of their own fundraising to try to supplement those costs. The other thing they would do is they would take donated product from companies, from organizations, from restaurants, from places where people said, look, I have all this food. I don't, I don't want to sell it to you. I just want to donate it. And then they would make that product available um, at a very, very low rate, a, a price per pound, which was... It used to be 16 cents a pound, yeah, mm-hmm. but six, it's gone up. Yeah. It's gone up a little bit, but it's, it's much more reasonable. And what's happened over the last four years, thanks to the economy, is that... Um, uh, stores are becoming more thrifty. They don't, they're not giving product away. They don't have the product to give away. They're not over-ordering from their wholesalers. So therefore, the amount of that sort of free donated food that they could do at that 16 cents or so 
a pound has gone down and down and down. And they're, now pantries need to pay wholesale prices. It's still better than they would get if they went to a store and just purchased it. But it is a huge impact on their budget. And this has really been in the last three or four years. And we've worked with Good Shepherd and the pantries, and, and there's been lots and lots of dialogue because the pantries don't understand why everything's so much more expensive. And now they're starting to get it. Oh, so there's less free food. So these types of food drives are really important because this is free food. This is the community coming together, donating food, and giving it to the pantry so that they can then distribute it. And it doesn't have to doesn't mean they have to spend as much time fundraising. They can spend time trying to provide food. I'm assuming that, that many of our listeners may n- not be familiar with the model you've described. They they saw food pantry as, as gathering food in the local area, people donating food. They would go to the store and they would put uh, food in a box, you know, at, at the grocery uh, store and the food pantry would come by and then they would make it available to people. That isn't the model. You're, you're saying that most food pantries are in the process of, of acquiring food um, at a statewide source, federal source, and they're having to raise money and then buy that food. Absolutely. Right. That's exactly what right. they're doing. And, you know, they've had to do more and more fundraising on their own. They, uh, most of them say that they have to go and supplement what they're purchasing from Good Shepherd or what they get locally now in donations, they actually have to go to the store because some things just aren't available at Good Shepherd. They, they haven't been able to get it. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're doing more fundraising on their own, and they're, they're feeling that pinch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I would say, too, it really is a combination because I think all food pantries have very good relationships with their area stores and businesses and community mm-hmm. groups and schools. And so there is food donated locally, and it's not enough. Right. Right. And I'm sure you could speak to the fact that in, in the summer, phenomenal gardeners and farmers donate a ton of product, right. and that gets distributed to people, and it's a phenomenal piece. You get to winter, and all of a sudden, that piece also dries up. Yeah, we'll, later on, on the program, we'll hear from Marjorie Pronto. Um, we've uh, done an interview with her, um, w- which we recorded, and she um, talks a lot about um, that notion of, of local gardeners doing that. Um, we still aren't able to get Jim Tintle with us. Um, if uh, he's listening, he's he could give us a call at 469-0500 um, as we try to talk with uh, folks about uh, food security, food pantries, hunger in, in this part of Maine. Sarah Yasner is with us from United Way of Eastern Maine. And Susan Farley is with us with Washington Hancock Community Agency. Um, as we talk about uh, food and, and uh, uh, food security, what's your sense of, of uh, people's awareness of this issue? Um, Susan, you kind of deal with this on a day-to-day basis with kind of emergencies. How do you think the general population understands this issue? You know, I don't think the general population really sees it unless unless you know somebody personally. And chances are most of us do. You just mm-hmm. don't realize it. That mm-hmm. person next door may be going to bed hungry. Right. You know, that child that sits next to your child. I mean, they run these series of commercials on TV, and I think that's helped raise awareness a little bit. But I think, generally speaking, people don't realize how many people that we have in this county that are going to bed hungry or don't have regular access to food. And people are proud. They don't really want to show that That's they, a hard they one. Right? It really is. People don't want, necessarily want you to know when they, can, they mm-hmm. don't have enough to eat, especially the elderly. I spend an awful lot of time convincing them it's okay right. if you need a little bit of assistance. You know, you've right. spent your life working or helping other people. It's okay if you need a little bit of help. Well, that's great. And I think um, one of one of the pieces that have been so eye-opening for us is you know, I think many of our United Way donors, too, they just don't realize in this country, they just don't think people are going hungry. They think, well, if they don't have food, there's food pantries, it's out there. They don't think about the fact that sometimes the food pantries 
are not stocked well enough and there's challenges. But um, one of the things United Way does to um, work against hunger is we do something called the Backpack Food Program. And we work right now in three communities. We work with schools and we help um, connect the food pantry and some dollars and the school. And every weekend, children who, is, who are identified as food insecure go home with a backpack of food. Mm. And... Um, and sometimes they're taught how to cook that food. Sometimes they are. In this situation, these are usually foods that are either microwavable mm-hmm. or they can open up a thing of cereal mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. peanut butter. Mm-hmm. But the reason we took on that project and the reason so many donors have jumped on board is because the teachers are saying these children are hungry. I'm spending money. We feed them lunch and breakfast because that's part of the federal program. Mm-hmm. And these children are hungry. And it's taking them until Tuesday afternoon to catch up and be present enough to really get something mm. out of school. Mm. And that was really an eye-opener to think, wow, these are families. And for whatever reason, they're not able to secure mm-hmm. that food, whether mm-hmm. it's pride or whether they go to a food pantry, but it's not enough. Food mm-hmm. pantries are supposed to supplement your food. Mm. For some families, that's the food, and that's not getting them through a month. Mm. We do have Jim Tintle um, on the line, so we can welcome Jim uh, to Talk of the Towns. I'm glad you're with us by phone, Jim. Jim, are you there? Yes. Oh, good. Thanks so much. Thanks for being with us. Oh, I'm um, sorry I didn't make it. That's all right. We've just been so busy. Sure. Well, tell us a little bit about Loaves and Fishes. How long have you been in operation? How are you organized? Well, we've been in operation for 20-some-odd years. I've been involved with it about eight to nine and we set up, uh, we have the customers, we tell them to come in at least once a month. It does vary with what food they need. And uh, we're open Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. From 9 o'clock is our first appointment until 10.30. We usually ask the people to call ahead of time to make an appointment, but if they show up at the door, we don't turn them away. Mm. So over the years, people have learned that loaves and fishes are there in Ellsworth, right. and they know that they could make those appointments to come and, and uh, get food. Um, tell us, again, not <laughs> revealing details, but who are some of the people that, uh, that, that visit you? Do, you? do you know them enough to know what their situations are? Well, a lot of them have been laid off. Uh, some of them have been fairly sick. We've had a couple of people that have been laid off, and they come back in a few, a few months later, they're back to work, and they hand you a $20 bill thanking us for giving them the food, which yes. really helps, so you don't mind helping people like that. That's right. Um, and, and what kind, when they come, um, they, they make their appointment um, with loaves and fishes, what kind of foods um, are available? Um, again, it's probably, it varies, but what kinds of foods do you try to provide? Well, we start off with cereal we usually have, and some type of juice, uh, we have rice right now. We have all types of soup, canned pasta, regular pasta, uh, spaghetti sauce. Uh, we have all types of potatoes and veggies and everything else, and really have a ton of spaghetti from the pasta drive that we had with Hannafitz. Oh, good. And uh, just so w- about everything. And, and Hannafitz donates us the, the uh, veggies and the produce in the morning. We have bread. So you've got a good relationship with um, the, the Hannafords. Definitely. How, how else do you um, get the resources, whether it's food or money, to um, provide uh, food in the food pantry? Well, we get it from Good Shepherd. We received a truck yesterday that was here, uh, and I couldn't tell you exactly yeah. how many pounds that he brought, but it was a full truckload of, of all different types of vegetables and canned pasta, everything. Yeah, and so, um, and, and um, in that particular case, you probably had to pay for yes, some do. of yeah. that. 
and where do you raise the money to, to, um, to, to make that payment? We have different people that give us donations, and every so often we do run a certain time with auctions and stuff off to try to raise the money. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and um, in terms of, of uh, what you're seeing now versus what you saw when you first joined um, this effort uh, six or seven years ago, Jim, what are you seeing now? It's like 40% ahead. Mm. Anyways, I think it's, almost, it's over that just from last year right now. And, well, like today, we had 38 families that signed up, and that's 115 people mm. in the family. So mm -hmm. it's, it's been quite an active day. Mm -hmm. And, Jim, what, what inspires you to, to do this work? It sounds like um, for the last eight years, this is a part of your uh, weekly life. Yes, it is. I'm here Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I just enjoy doing it. I'm here at 4.30 in the morning until around 11.30. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. And what else have you done in your life? Well, I was in the sporting good business for years. I was in landscape, did some landscaping when I first moved up here. I moved from Massachusetts 25 years ago, but I owned a business on Cape Cod. Uh -huh. yeah. and, and what keeps you going? 4.30, that's a pretty early call. I just like getting up early. I had to get up early for work when I had my own business, so it's something you just don't break the habit of. Right. You've been part of this uh, food network, uh, food pantry network, um, uh, that meets at the Hancock County Extension Office and, you know, my colleague uh, Marjorie yeah. Peranto and so on. What's been the value of that network to you and, and to, to Loaves and Fishes? Oh, to me it's excellent the way everybody is working together. Mm. You know, that's the main thing, uh, you know, the food drive and just the work we're doing, it's going to benefit everybody and it's everybody equally, which is really nice. Oh, that's great. Yeah. If people wanted to um, uh, get in touch with loaves and fishes, either because um, they are hungry or because they have some resources, either food or money, that they'd like to donate, um, how would they get in touch with loaves and fishes directly? They can call us at 667-4363. 4363. Right. That's great. Thanks so much, Jim, for being with us, and, and uh, we'll let you get back to what you really like to be doing, and that's helping people um, okay. get food. All right, great. Thank you very much. Okay. Jim Tintle from Loaves and Fishes Food Pantry in Ellsworth. And uh, next we're going to um, hear, uh, eventually we'll hear from Marjorie Peranto with a recorded interview. If we're ready to do that, we'll, we'll go with that. Marjorie is, is with um, this, uh, this network. I am an extension educator for the University of Maine Cooperative Extension, and the primary focus of my work is to teach people about horticulture, how to grow their own fo food, how to landscape sustainably, how to identify invasive plant species and eradicate them, things like that. Um, and I cover Hancock and Washington counties as a region. One of our main goals in Cooperative Extension uh, those of us who work in horticulture and agriculture, is um, to empower people to grow their own food sustainably. So we have the Master Gardener program, of course, that teaches food production. We do a lot of work with farmers and helping them um, improve their food production systems. We also have some educational programs on food harvesting, food preservation, you know, how to, how to care for the harvest. The Master Gardener program also um, focuses on its community volunteer work on this Maine Harvest for Hunger, which is a statewide effort to get people to grow food for the local food pantries and soup kitchens. So not only do they have community gardens where they grow extra food for these facilities, um, but we also organize some gleaning events where volunteers will go to a farm or an orchard and um, 
harvest food that would otherwise have gone to waste and bring that to the local pantries. Uh, we had a really successful gleaning here in Hancock County last year where um, Johnston's Apple Orchards let's, let us come up and we brought an army of volunteers and picked 4,000 pounds of apples that went out to over 20 different pantries and um, limited income housing facilities and soup kitchens, so it was really wonderful. The Master Gardener Volunteer Course is a, a very intensive training in horticulture that lasts about three and a half months. We do it in the winter. And then once the um, trainees complete the course, they give back 40 hours of their time um, in exchange for the training, and they do community volunteer work. They'll set up um, community gardens to grow food to feed the hungry or supply soup kitchens. They do some sustainable landscaping projects, a lot of outreach and education on good horticultural practices. So that connection led you to, to work with food pantries and this particular food drive? It did. Um, another piece of my work is convening a group called the Hancock County Food Pantry Network, and representatives from all of the food, food pantries uh, come to our extension office, and we meet on a quarterly basis with some other social service agencies, and we talk about the issues that they're facing and work, with, work together to try to resolve um, common problems. And what led to this particular food drive? Well, one of the members of the committee, Susan Farley from uh, Washington Hancock Community Agency, also serves on a committee in Washington County called the uh, Food and F Fuel Alliance. And they piloted a similar food drive in Washington County last year that was tremendously successful. So Susan brought that idea to our group, and we decided we would give it a shot in Hancock County as well. And what's different? Um, lots of folks have food drives. What's different about this one? Many times food drives are done for a particular food pantry in one specific location. This one is meant to bring all of the people of Hancock County and all of the food pantries together on the same page. We're all working for the same goal. So that's one thing. The food is being collected and stored at the Hancock County Extension Office. And when the drive is finished in early April, we'll all gather and divide up the materials into uh, equal portions that will go out to each and every food pantry. So it's kind of, it's, uh, it's a little bit different in that we're, you know, working for all of us together. But there's something a little bit added, and you've got an incentive to raise some money that's a matching gift? That's correct. Uh, the Maine Community Foundation and United Way of Eastern Maine and some private donors have given us um, up to $12,000 in matching funds. That is, for every item that we collect, a can of tuna, a, a bag of rice, they will match it with $1. So we're really hoping we can collect 12,000 food items, and then we would have that additional money to uh, portion out to the food pantries and the local soup kitchens as well. And how would listeners um, to Talk of the Towns get involved in this particular food drive? Well, um, if there is a business or a um, school or a church or a library that wants to be a food drop site, they can call me at the extension office and sign up, and I can get them some posters and some information on, on how to get started. And our number is 667-8212. 
Um, if you are a listener that would like to make a donation of food, you can go to one. We now have about 50 or more businesses that have signed up to collect food and on our website you can find the updated list businesses are adding themselves onto it every day so we're hoping that it'll grow to 100 to 150 businesses but you can find that on our website um, the food drive is going for the entire month of March, and then on um, April 3rd is when we'll be counting up and dividing all the materials, so at that time we'll, we'll know whether we've reached our goal. Um, it's really growing already. It's only been going for a few days, and there's been a lot of publicity and a, a lot a strong interest in the community. Okay, so um, f for the website, you would go to the Google University of Maine Cooperative Extension and click on Hancock County and you'll get to our website. And then you can see uh, the links for the different programs and also the link on the food drive and all the sites where you can donate food. Great. Well, thanks for being with us and, and good luck with the food drive. Thank you very much, Ron. And that was Marjorie Paranto, of my colleague with University of Maine Cooperative Extension. You're tuned to Talk of the Towns here on WERU Community Radio. In the studio with us um, are Sarah Yasner of United Way of Eastern Maine and Susan Farley of Washington Hancock Community Agency. We're talking about food security and food pantries and a really wonderful opportunity to get involved through a, a, a countywide food drive in Hancock County. Um, you can participate in this uh, tele uh, te by telephone by calling one 866 625-9378. That's 1-866-625-9378 or locally 469-0500 if you've got a question or some experience with food or food pantries. Maybe you've got some uh, things to share. 1-866-625-9378. Uh, so let's update um, from Marjorie's um, um, interview. Uh, Sarah, you've, you've got a, a sense of how many businesses and, and, and folks are involved. Um, or maybe, maybe that's uh, maybe that's Susan. Got a, a it is growing daily. Yeah. You know, it's really heartwarming. I mean, like it did in Washington County. I, I told everybody it was a more grassroots thing in Washington County, and we only organized it in two weeks and started. But this has taken on a life of its own. Businesses are calling in daily. We are up way over 50. I don't even know. I mean, it changes daily, it hourly was, It almost. was up to 80 last yeah. time I counted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just amazing to see yep. all these businesses coming out and supporting this effort. So as you brought this idea forward, uh, both of you brought the idea forward, um, you said that the food pantries immediately saw the, the, the idea um, making sense to them. You know, it's it's always a hard thing because they're so used to operating on their own to try to get everybody to work together. Mm -hmm. Sometimes can be tough, but mm -hmm. these guys jumped right at jumped at the idea mm -hmm. to be able mm -hmm. to do this and and work collaboratively. And that's great because some of these pantries are tiny little pantries with three or four people tops. Mm -hmm. You know, being able to operate them continuously. Mm -hmm. So this gave everybody a chance to get an even shot at this. Whether and it's it, the money, and it raises the, seems to me it raises the the profile of hunger in throughout a county. You know, that was. One of the things we discovered in Washington County, not only did we get the food to the food pantries, which was the goal of this from the start, but it also raised awareness. And as, as the awareness was raised, more and more people wanted to become part mm -hmm. of it. And I think once you've done one of these, it's so much easier the next time around because people realize, yeah, there is a problem. Mm -hmm. or, or maybe they take a closer look at their neighbor and see what's going on or the, mm -hmm. or the lady down the street or whoever it might be. But it really does raise awareness of the issue and how many people are struggling. You know, one in three jobs 
jobs in the state of Maine don't they don't pay enough to be able to support a family and their needs. Mm -hmm. So it's a real struggle for more people than most people realize. Mm -hmm. And how did you get Maine Community Foundation involved? They've helped with kind of the challenge um, aspect of it. They, uh, well, they jumped right in, really. They were um, starting to participate. They were coming to our meetings because of their own grant programs. They wanted to make sure that pantries knew about them and applied for their own grants. And when they heard we were doing this, they said, you know, we really, really should do a, a matching grant. We've mm. seen this done in other parts of the state. We want to do this. And so Maine Community Foundation um, made dollars available. United Way of Eastern Maine jumped on board, made dollars available. There were private donors through Maine Community Foundation who are able to um, also kick in. And by the way, for those who want to give back but they don't necessarily want to give food or they don't live by a drop site, United Way of Eastern Maine's website, which is www.unitedwayem.org, you can click on that, go there, and you can actually donate. Um, there's a, a place if you go through the donation piece, which is normally what we use for our annual campaign, but this is all going to go to the Hancock County Food Drive, and, and uh, anything coming in this month will be um, checking in and putting towards the food drive 100%. And, um, and one of the things that strikes me as well is a lot of times people – feel helpless. They're not sure how to help, mm. you know, and mm. um, very similar to United Way's philosophy, which is that United Way exists because people give what they can. You know, some give $2 a week and some give $200 a week. And it's the same with food. You know, if everybody in Hancock County donated two items of food, that would be phenomenal. And we know lots of people donate bags and bags of food. And what we also know is that the people who are in need are often the greatest donors and give that food. Mm. Um, even food pantries have said that they often will get donations of food and they know it was from their food pantry. Mm. And they know that it's people who want to give back. It might have been something they said, oh, this week we actually had an extra can of green beans. I'm going to give that back. Mm. And so mm. um, we just hope that everyone gets on board. And again, if, every, if everyone even does a little, we'll really make a big difference. Mm -hmm. Well, even a small donation can make a big difference mm -hmm. because of that matching money. Right. You know, we, right. two cans of, of green beans, it's also two... Right. So, you know, right. we've got a great opportunity here, and raising that $12,000 would be tremendous. Yeah, yeah. And um, I don't know if, if one of you would just kind of read down the communities where you can find drop sites. Um, um, if you go into almost every major town in Hancock County, Susan? Oh, we do. In Bar Harbor, you can go to the Machaya Savings Bank or Salisbury Cove Hardware, um, YWCA of MDI, A&B Naturals. Um, the Bar Harbor Congregational Church is even doing it. And in Blue Hill, you can go to the Bar Harbor Bank, the Blue Hill Co-op, Blue Hill Congregational Church, Blue Hill Library, Blue Hill Memorial Hospital is having a staff drive there, Camden National Bank, the first, the first Congregational Church and Tradewinds Market. Everybody's just been tremendous. Um, in Brooksville, there's the Bucks Harbor Market. In Bucksport, you can go to Bucks Mills Rod and Gun Club or Frank's Barber Shop. In East Orland, you can go to the Post Office. In Ellsworth, you, if there's not a location close to you, I don't know where you're living. But <laughs> Ben's Store, Camden National Bank, Darling's Auto Mall, Down East Family YMCA, Edward Jones Investments, Friends and Family Market, the Grand Auditorium, Hancock County Habitat for Humanity, Hannaford Supermarket, the Home Depot even, Machaya Savings Bank, Maine Coast Memorial Hospitals having a staff drive, Maine Shellfish, Maine Community Foundations doing a staff drive there, Martins, Rennies, Shaw's, TD Bank, University of Maine Cooperative Extension is a drop site, as well as the Washington Hancock Community Agency. And I'll give Susan a break here. We'll go on because <laughs> we're not even halfway through the list. So in Hancock, the Hancock 
Grocery, Hancock Post Office, Hancock Town Office, Shirley's Yarns and Crafts, and Tideway Market. If you're in Lemoyne, there's Lemoyne Marketplace, General Store, Lemoyne Baptist Church. Northeast Harbor, you got the Knowles Company, Mount Desert Nursery School, the Neighborhood House. Sumsville, the Sumsville Library will accept food. Southwest Harbor, there's Hatched on MDI, Sawyer's Market, Southwest Harbor Food Mart, Southwest Harbor Library, Total Look Salon, in Sullivan, Frenchman's Bay Library, Surrey, there's Surrey's General Store, and Wave Walker Bed and Breakfast, Trenton, there's Stanley Subaru, Trenton Marketplace IGA. Susan, we've got some others there. Well, we do. We have community groups that are conducting drives, and they're actually going out and really making the effort to collect, and that's the Ellsworth Girl Scouts, the Jolly Juniors 4-H Club in Waltham, and Rails and Trails 4-H Club in Bucksport. We've also got a bunch of schools that are participating, and they're doing it internally with their students and, and kind of challenging each other to see who can come up with the most. And we've got the Airline School in Aurora, Bay School in Blue Hill, Beach Hill School in Otis, Blue Hill Congregate, uh, Consolidated School, Bucksport High School, Bucksport Middle School, Cave Hill School in Eastbrook, College of the Atlantic in Bar Harbor, George Stevens Academy in Blue Hill, Hancock Elementary School in Hancock, Jewett School in Bucksport, Maine Maritime Academy in Castine, Miles Lane School in Bucksport, Mount Desert Elementary in Northeast Harbor, the Penobscot Elementary in Penobscot, Tremont Elementary in Tremont, and the Trenton Elementary School in Trenton. And for those of you who just turned in, these are not cancellations. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> so we're here talking uh, with Susan Farley of Washington Hancock Community Agency and Sarah Yasner of United Way of Eastern Maine about a, a countywide food drive in Hancock County. And we know we have listeners in other parts of, of the world, um, uh, in other counties and other parts of the world. So if Food and hunger is an issue in those places, too. But if you've got questions or comments about uh, food security, food pantries, and, and how you're making it, give us a call at 1-866-625-9378. That's 1-866. We do have a, a caller on the line. Um, why don't you give us your first name and the town you're calling from, and then go ahead with your question or comment. My name is Susan. I live in Goldsboro, and I had um, had a question. Mm. Uh, I know a lot of people don't really know how to prepare some foods that are the most nutritious, and I was wondering if there is any benefit in, say, for example, if you donate a bag of brown rice, which is more nutritious, and a bag of beans, to include a simple instruction and simple recipe for people to be able to prepare such an item. Oh, that's a great suggestion. Is that something that um, that uh, you see in, in your food uh, pantry area in Goolsboro? Um, no, actually, I'm not sure that I've ever seen that done, oh, okay. but, it, yep. but it's something that I, I just wondered, because if you're, if you're donating some of the items that really don't supply as much nutrients, such as the white rice, yes. um, whereas the brown rice and the bean combination gives you a complete protein and a lot of vitamins and minerals. And, and it's really not that intimidating to do if you have someone to walk it through in a very simple way. That's great. What a great suggestion. Thanks for so much for your call this morning. You're welcome. That's uh, um, a caller talking about how, how food pantries help people 
with nutrition. Well, you know, some of the pantries that I work with, especially in Washington County, but some of them in Hancock County are doing it also, are holding classes or they're giving out Mm -hmm. those recipes Mm -hmm. when they're handing out those items because they did discover people didn't necessarily know how to use that bag of beans or didn't know how to prepare that rice that particular way. So they've been trying to come up with some recipes to hand out to folks or to hold classes to teach them how to do it. But having a a recipe there with your donation, Mm -hmm. that's fantastic. Right. And I know that um, with the food pantries in the summertime, sometimes farmers are donating vegetables that not everybody knows how to to handle. Exactly. Great. We have another call. Um, I'll list our phone numbers one more time. 1-866-625-9378. But you're on Talk of the Towns. Go ahead. uh, Give us your first name and the town you're calling from and go ahead with your question or comment, please. Hi. I'm really interested in your program. This is Margaret from Orland. Um, And uh, I like the uh, last comment and and the issue that's brought up about uh, people learning how to use the nutritious food because I see so much food in our food bank locally here in Orland uh, that is really uh, empty calories. Mm. Uh, and I hate to see, you know, our 14 cents a pound, I don't know, maybe it's more that we have to pay now to get things from Good Shepherd coming back with, um, you know, kind of very expensive uh, cereals and, and and things that don't have any food value. And we for example, recently got uh, a lot, oh, boxes and boxes of, of uh, <clears throat> whole wheat spirals, uh, spaghetti, not spaghetti, but pasta, pasta yeah. and uh, nobody wanted to take it because mm-hmm. they didn't know how to use it. So they missed an opportunity of getting, you know, some good food. Sounds like you're, you're part, part of the food pantry here in Orland? Yeah. Great, great. And, um, but the other question I have, and maybe you've already discussed it in your program because I didn't tune in at the very beginning, uh, how does um, the food, um, you know, uh, support system swipe? Is that what it's called? Um, how does that fit in? Uh, using using the swipe card? Yes. Mm. I mean, uh, you know, you you're, you had some dramatic examples of children coming to school without any food and. They'd been all weekend without food, and they couldn't get started. It was really learning until Tuesday when they had support of food at, in the schools. Well, are their families not qualified for food stamps? I mean, you know, so I wanted to see how this figures into the larger picture of providing uh, nutrition for, for families in need. Well, st- stay on the line because you might want to follow up, but Sarah is going to make a comment anyway to start. Okay. Well, we, we know there's a couple of different issues that are going on. Um, sometimes it's the reality that the family is getting the resources of that card, which is helping them. is basically the new version of food stamps. Um, they may also be going to their area food pantry, which, again, because of the amount of food that they have in their shelter, they give a certain amount of food, which is supposed to, again, supplement but depending on how large the family is, depending on the situation, that still may not be enough food to actually meet the needs of the family. So sometimes you have that situation where maybe it's a family where there's medical issues, where there's no one's employed at this moment. I mean, it could be a situation where it's just not enough, even though they're getting resources. Then you have other situations where uh, it might be a situation where the family is working as hard as they can, and they just don't want to go to the food pantry, and they're just not aware. Maybe they're they're just not aware of what their children need or that, that it's an issue, or maybe their children aren't sharing it because they have a lot of challenges at home and the children don't want to speak up. Um, so it's a combination of those things that it's people who, even with all the help, it's not quite enough. And it's the other situation where families say, you know, we're, we're just 
we're just not willing to ask for the help. And in that situation, it is challenging. Well, there's another situation, too, that 43% of Maine food insecure population makes too much to qualify for food stamps. So you may be the working poor where you're, you've got a job and you're working, but you just don't have enough to still pay for everything, mm-hmm. you know, but or you make too much. The they're making the choice between heating fuel and food. Exactly. Right. You know, they just make too much to qualify for that mm-hmm. food stamps program or what used to be the food stamps program. It's now called SNAP. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, they just don't make enough to be able to pay for their meals. So mm-hmm. they rely on the food pantries. But most food pantries will tell you they can only provide maybe enough for five meals to seven meals. You know, most of them can't do more than that because it's too much of a strain on them to mm-hmm. be able to provide more than that. Um, and and I just wanted to comment, too, on the healthy eating. Um, one of our other very strong partners in this drive is the Healthy Acadia, um, and they cover all of Hancock County, and they do work as well in Washington County. And they have really been helping us keep focused on um, getting healthy food, and all the posters up refer to that, healthy food or low-fat or brown rice or whole grains. And what they're helping to do with Cooperative Extension is actually host, um, like you're saying, classes and information for the food pantries, for the people who use food pantries to try to increase the their folks' ability to use some of these healthier foods that um, they might not be familiar with. How are you organized in Orland? How many people do you serve, and, and uh, how, where do you get your food? Well, I'm not that closely involved. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, I'm just not peripherally involved, so I can't give you the numbers. Uh-huh. Uh, but we we have been experiencing, uh, you know, less and less food coming in from Good Shepherd and, and even from Hannaford's. Mm. Um, and and uh, people are suggesting that, you know, even... Uh, the supermarkets are having to be more careful about their inventory and about their ordering. Uh, so they're not ordering uh, as um, right. generously as they used to, and therefore they don't have less to throw out. Mm. So it's uh, kind of everything shrinking back on all fronts, I guess. Well, thanks so much for your call, and, and good luck, and, and, and thanks for, for uh, volunteering with a local food You're pantry. Give us a call at one eight six 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 two five nine three seven eight to participate in our conversation about food security, food pantries, and the wonderful food drive that's going on through through the month of March um, in Hancock County. Um, what what if you were to think about some of the long term solutions? You know, this is the you know the the, the feed of uh, no give a man a fish or teach him how to fish. What are, what are some of the, the longer-term solutions that both of your organizations are working on to help people get more secure? Susan? We've been working pretty closely with a lot of groups that are trying to um, help folks build their own greenhouse. And we're not talking mm. majorly mm-hmm. big greenhouses. We're talking small things where they can raise enough to feed their families year-round, have fresh vegetables mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, we're hoping by learning those skills that they can provide more for their families. We're also encouraging everybody that it does one of those to give some to their local food pantry as well. I mean, those are some of the long-term things, but, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, a, it's a political thing, and it's transportation, and it's lots of, lots of issues. Right. In- interconnected. We've got yeah. another phone call. Um, let's uh, hear from this phone call. If you'd give us your first name and where you're calling from, and then go ahead with your question or comment, please. Yes, this is Jane from Orono. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. All right. Um, it's very important that we think long-term because this is not going to go away. Our financial system has turned into a train wreck, and the way that we're used to doing business, growing food, distributing it, and so on and so forth, is isn't a big fight between people who would like to return to organic foods and people who just want to put these non-nutritious 
refined foods into, you know, the supermarket at 4 or $5 a box for cereal. So we need to bring, and I wanted to compliment you, by the way, on your show, because I think the Cooperative Extension is beginning to find the role that it used to have, again, as a connector for food, straw bales, farms, and enabling. And so many uh, connections have been brought up on the show today from the fact that teenagers and children do not know how to cook food because their parents don't know how to cook it, what foods are nutritional and how to learn about them. There used to be this great show from Audubon Traveling School called Toast, which showed the wheat going all the way to the toaster, and in the end it got burned, but it showed the process of producing the food. And we don't have enough canning sites. We don't have enough community cooking sites. We don't have the kind of comfortable places and simplified ideas uh, around growing and producing and distributing food that we need. We need to do this. And in the north, we can't grow all the vegetables to get us through the winter. It's practically impossible unless you have a good store of roots and onions to get the other things you need, unless you get families understanding how to grow sprouts or you have large greenhouses to give them greens. So the teenagers would are a great pool to get into to teach them that learning how to cook food is really cool, learning how to be a foodie and understand what it is and how we can work our way back to a place on the planet where we can start to become self-sufficient. What I don't like is the way we have this idea of charity and we create these um, institutionalized uh, programs and it stigmatizes people. No matter who you are, you're going to hit the wall at some point. And, and it's hard for people to get past those psychological barriers. But if we made it part of the culture that we were to take care of each other, practice the golden rule, and stop worrying about the money so much and just get the information out there, the life force will provide the abundance that we need. There's a lot of things to work on, but food should be a basic human right. Mm. Well, thank you so much for your calls and your your thinking um, out loud for us uh, this morning on Talk of the Towns. Thanks for your call. 1-866-625-9378. So this caller is talking about the food system. <laughs> it's not the not the the uh, the um, system of of uh, um, providing food in an emergency. It's really saying how do we treat food as a as a whole society. And so you were mentioning the, the notion that if we can teach people how to grow food, um, this caller is talking about both the storage of food and the preparation of food. Those are important aspects. Those are things that we have forgotten. <laughs> And, Many and, of us have. Sarah? And I think um, the needs that have come up over the last few years have really um, made it possible for community to come together and kind of um, start to start to play down the concern about um, who needs it and who doesn't. Mm. And I know one example is in Washington County at the Maine Seacoast Mission in Cherryfield. They started a couple years ago doing, or a year ago, doing a community supper. And it's open to everyone. And the, everybody comes. The 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 single older person who really is having trouble paying their bills to the family down the street. They've made it a community event. Um, their food pantry is there, which which folks use as well. But they found that by providing this meal, 
it is a community event and people are coming together and it, they're not so concerned about that. So a lot of food pantries and meal sites are doing that as well. Mm. And we s- certainly see the interest in food kind of expanding to or, or, or starting at the at the grade school level where more and more kids are interested in growing food, they're interested in greenhouses, um, and their teachers and their curriculum are beginning to help them make those, those kind of connections. Yeah. Absolutely. We're seeing a lot more groups taking on that effort to try to teach kids about it and where the food comes from mm-hmm. and, and how to grow your own food. And actually, we've had several schools in Hancock County that actually have their own greenhouses now. And it's a treat and a reward for the kids to go out and work in the greenhouse. You know, I mean, when I was in school, we used to talk about punishments and staying after school. This <laughs> is, the, they've, they've reversed it. So it's a reward for these kids to go out and work in the greenhouse. And they're loving it. Mm-hmm. And they're loving the preparing the food. We've heard yeah. had folks from uh, Mount Desert Elementary School on the program before. We've got another call. Go ahead, give us your first name and where you're calling from, and then go ahead and tell us uh, what your question or comment is. Well, this is a contact question. Uh-huh. This is Beatty in Camden, and I've been hearing Jane and Orono say really wise things for a long time now, and I'd like to be in touch with her. So <laughs> if, well, she, if she could call the office and leave her contact or something, then we'll, we'll try if to she get wants that. to. Yeah, we'll try to get that. If, if both of you would l- let the uh, radio station know um, yeah. how to do yeah. that, that would be great. The, yeah. the, the office number there is 469-6600. Thanks okay. for your call, Beattie. We have another brief call. Um, go ahead with your question or comment. Yes, hi, I'm Junie from Blue Hill, and great. I really appreciate this um, topic, and, and um, I'm a nurse and uh, in the area here. And I, I don't, do not practice as one, but I've used a local food pantry here, right, here in Blue Hill. And um, I uh, have one child, so it's just me and him, you know, in use mm. when I used it. But um, I just really related to the lady before the last call mm-hmm. who was saying about, um, talking about the preservation and growing of the, the uh, food and learning, you know, about the process of that. Great. And I think it's really important that we um, have uh, education around, you know, our monies that we do get and how we budget for our food and, you know, having uh, playing a role in that, you know, um, you know, for these people who do visit the pantries. Great. You know. Those kinds of skills are important. Thanks so much for your call this morning. Yes, thank you. And I just want to respond that one of the ways that United Way looks at helping to solve this long term is to support um, financial stability. And so we have something called the Eastern Maine Cash Coalition, which is creating assets, savings, and hope. And Washington Hancock Community Agency is one of the partners at the table. And what we do is we do several things. One is we provide free tax preparation. Um, and you can call 211 to learn about that. The reason that's helpful is because, first of all, for s- that, that could be saving some families who are low to moderate income 180 to $200. And that is someone's food bill for a week or two. So that's important in the middle of winter when they're dealing with their oil bill. Um, in addition, you know, it, it, it gives you a chance to not only get your taxes done, but to get actually financial resource information. Where do you go to get to, so that you learn how to budget? Where do you go so you can get your needs met and make sure that you're not having to make decisions between medication and the oil bill? So this notion that um, our, all of our callers are saying is, um, yes, we need to um, handle the emergency and the food drive that's going on in March and in Hancock County and food pantries are there for that purpose. But beyond that, we've got to teach people about food and we've got to teach them about 
money, <laughs> and there are resources out there to do that so that Absolutely. we can kind of relearn those skills that perhaps we're, we're missing. If you could um, wrap up just by giving us your hope and then your contact information. Um, sure. Um, well, my hope is, is that, I mean, this was such a phenomenal collaboration, and I have no doubt that this the food that's going to be raised is really going to fill the shelves of the food pantries. And the only contact information um, I'm actually going to leave, I'm at United Way, you can find me there, but 211 is the statewide health and human service referral line for anything from where's a food pantry to my mother-in-law fell and broke her hip and I need someone to come to the house to help. So remember 211. Great. And how about you, Susan? Well, my hope is already it's happening. I can see it happening. Raising the awareness of this issue and how many folks are really struggling and, you know, times are tough. We've lost a lot of jobs in Hancock County and everywhere. And, you know, you can reach me if you're in a crisis situation, call the Washington Hancock Community Agency if you live in one of those two counties. Great. Thanks so much. We've come to that time when I want to remind you that this program was produced with support from Cooperative Extension and the Hancock County Extension Association. With offices in each county, Cooperative Extension is the major educational outreach program of the University of Maine. Our radio collaboration began in 1990 with WERU and continues with your support. Join us from 10 to 11 on the second and fourth Friday mornings of each month for Talk of the Towns. Our theme music is a medley from Coronach on a Balmain House Highland music recording. Thanks to again to our guests in the studios, uh, our guests in the studio, Susan Farley of Washington Hancock Community Agency, Sarah Yasner of United Way of Eastern Maine. We were joined by phone by Jim Tintle of Loaves and Fishes Food Pantry in Ellsworth and Marjorie Peranto of University of Maine Cooperative Extension. Thanks to those of you who listened and called in with your questions and experience. Thanks to our underwriters. Thanks to Amy Brown for engineering our program. And stay tuned for On the Wing. This is Ron Beard, your host for Talk of the Towns, wishing you a good morning. Support for WERU comes from Maine Farmland Trust.